Welcome back to episode 10. I'm your host, Dan Steers from Double Dan Horsemanship, and I'm here in the studio with You Know Who. Yes, he's back. Back again. Jim Hagen's back. Hello, friend. Guess who's back? 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 Will the real Slim Shady stand up? That's me. Seamless. Kim Hagen. Hello, Daniel. How are you, buddy? I'm well, mate. How you going? I'm going bloody great. Mm. Did you like that song Pretty a little impressed. bit better? Pretty impressed with the jukebox action that you've got going on. <laughs> so was that an improved version? Oh, absolutely. Certainly improved. Still on the rap genre, so you've got you know room to improve again. But uh, I think the girl, uh, Zara, has brought it through for you. <laughs> so for the listeners, uh, we obviously shit-canned the previous Kim Hagen intro song, and now I've outsourced it to my own daughter, Zara Steers, <laughs> in order to get her to do an improved version and she smashed it out she of the park. smashed it. It's gold. It's ridiculous how much better it is. We sit in the background. It's gold. I think we need to almost listen to the other one again just to see yeah. how much give better me the, it is. Give me the comparo. <laughs> I'm Kim Hagen. Yes, I'm the real Hagen and all you other Kim Hagens are just imitating. So I'm the real Kim Hagen. Please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up, because I'm the Kim Hagen. Yes, I'm the real Hagen, and all you other Kim Hagens are just imitating. So won't the real Kim Hagen please stand up? Please stand up. <laughs> I guess there's a little Kim Hagen in all of us. Stop it. Let's all stand up. All right, I yeah, think you'd we... Be, you'd be fair up the uh, the hand is out of superpowers about that one, Daniel. So, yeah, Zara might have got the superpower that I always dreamed of yeah. having. Her rap skills are certainly much better than mine. Yeah. Yep, yours are rubbish. It was pretty bad. So we need to probably put it to the listeners. You Effort guys can vote because a lot of people actually told me that I've got to keep yours, the one I did. So from the last episode, and I've got to apologise, we're a little late on getting a, an yeah, episode out. Busy, busy. Everyone's been busy. Um, but I have been ha- having a fair few texts saying that you've got to keep my intro, but they haven't heard Who's Zara's from? version, which I think, and I'm going to oh, admit defeat. You're in trouble. She smashed it. Yeah. Oh, she's destroyed you. I mean, you got no skills. I was going to do the same thing. So it came in my head. I was like, oh. The I'm only thing I appreciate is the effort. Other than that, the skills are lacking. Yeah. The genre is lacking. All in all, rubbish. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> But like Whereas I mentioned Zara, in other episodes, you don't really need an intro song. You you're not a guest. I don't care about need. What I want. You're not spe- your special comments. Song. I want an intro song. I got one. I actually got two. Yeah, yeah, you've got two. <laughs> <laughs> I can now choose. And which uh, one okay. are you choosing? Going with Zara. Drum roll. Of course. Sarah's one. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, Zara, for bringing us Kim Hagen intro because he surely does appreciate it. Guess who's back? Back again. Do, 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 do. I love the last bit. She's <laughs> improv too. Oh, do, do, do. Got all the skills. Yeah. And hers was like one cut. Yeah. It definitely came off the uh, X chromosome that her mother handed her, that one. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Pia and Zara for that. I did edit it. So I did do something. Techno. Yep. Techno. I put it in the computer and then I put it in the system. Yeah, you'd be commended. As you can see, I'm seamless with using the system. (laughs) Thank God you can edit this thing. So, Kim, we've got a special episode. Mm. And the reason why I call it special is it's the first time we've got an interviewee. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. Uh, as you know, but our listeners don't, I've had a AFL great. So for the listeners who might be overseas, AFL is Australian Football League. And I've got one of the best staying with me at the moment, Josh Gibson. Yeah, Gibbo. Gibbo. Bloody legend. And so I thought I'd take this opportunity to interview him and talk to him a little bit about, I guess, his transformation from finishing his AFL career and then stepping into horses and more specifically camp drafting. But it's not just about camp drafting. It's about horses and and going from one, I guess, lifestyle almost to a complete opposite lifestyle from football into horses, living in Melbourne, like we're talking, you know, big time Melbourne person. COVID, yes. Yeah, yeah, COVID at the moment. But But besides that. Besides that, he's a city guy. Yeah, he's a chic city fella. And then he's gone into, he's sold his place in Melbourne to buying a farm. He's got, you know, a few horses now. He's bought a truck, a gooseneck. I mean, he's he's completely, you know, changed as far as his lifestyle. Seen the light. Well, that's what we say. But at the same time, he had a pretty good lifestyle as well. So I've interviewed Josh while he's been here. I thought it was too good of an opportunity. So we've chucked him in here in the studio, interviewed him, talked to him about both sides from footy into horses. So in chatting to him, what what were your major observations? What you know, did you find him a really driven bloke? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I even talk about it in the interview. So I've already done the interview and we're doing the intro to it right now. Yeah. And I've had him here for a week and he's staying for another week. I've almost got to slow him down a little bit, which is unusual. So for students, you're yeah. sort of like, hey, get this, get going. He's like, I've t- I've told him three thousand repetitions. He's like, I'll do four thousand. Yeah. Like he's he is really driven. But this is what we were saying before when we we're talking about the second best um, sportsman ever, Michael Jordan. Uh, <laughs> so the, what was the Heather Mackay? And what was she again? She was a squash player. No, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. But before Josh played AFL, guess what sport he played? Well, he wasn't the best, so he had to go to AFL. Squash he, player. He was a squash player. Squash you, is no, no, bloody good for fitness. It's bad for this, your joints. I'm not going to give you a spoilers alert, but what I'm going to say is he started out at squash. There is a reason in this episode that he went from squash to AFL and I'm, I'm not going to give it away, but it's a, quite a significant reason. It's probably nothing you would come up with if I asked you. Like so it wasn't that people kept trying to lob him and he could jump really high and smash it. Nope. No, wasn't that. No, he was driven. You won't guess why. Because Heather McCoy was a better player. Nope. Had nothing to do. And I couldn't remember in the interview. I wish <laughs> you were here. I was trying to get you in on that interview. So did he, yeah. So you said, oh, there was a brilliant squash No, player. I didn't, of course, because I couldn't remember Heather's <laughs> name. And admittedly, in the previous episode, you couldn't Admit, well, no, I know. I had to blank. But my point is, I watched the um. Since then, I've watched the whole ten episodes of the Michael Jordan. Oh, the have last you? Stand. No joke. Last dance. Sorry, the last dance. Yeah, you've done it. Yep. What did you think? I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, how good is it? I'm not questioning the blokes a, a next level. But the whole, the, the whole lot. The whole, not that. The whole deal. Like looking at him. Mental toughness. Are unbelievable. But he put, I guess, athletes into that oh. celebrity. Yeah, and the status. marketing that, yeah. that, that happened at the time. Even the Nike thing, like Nike wasn't yeah. a big shoe. Yeah, we all yeah. know Nike. Yeah, they were. They were. The, he didn't even want to sign with Nike. Yeah, Nike was nothing. Reebok and Asics and would have been the Adidas. Yeah, Adidas. Yeah, that, that he he didn't. And oh, I'm going with Nike. Yeah, and so that's why Nike gave him the extra money as a rookie. Yeah, and I looked up some stuff there, and it was ridiculous. After the last um, dance, and I'm not going to say the numbers because I can't remember them exactly. But from those episodes, the, the episodes we're talking about, he had like a 15 percent increase in his revenue from his Nike deal. Yeah, wow. Like he's still getting paid like 50 million a year. He doesn't even play. Yeah. 50 million or it could even be more a year just from the shoe endorsement. Yeah. You know, so. And that, that was one of the things I got with chatting
chatting with with Josh uh, outside before we started recording tonight, and and I was just you know he's he is a driven bloke, and he's really just analytical on everything that's, you discuss with him. Yeah, that's that's probably the best way you can put it, analytical because yeah. when we're doing the deal in the hands, and I'm 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 trying to show him my, my program and giving him little bits at a time so he can you know digest it to the point that he's just practicing practicing like hey got to give it a break yeah like you can't just go and put this in in one week you know like <laughs> your horse doesn't have the same attitude that you do yeah exactly he's <laughs> not he's not a willing participant yeah as much as you are and that's been phenomenal for me because obviously you know i do a lot of teaching to have a student mm. like this where you say hey like don't be so keen when every yeah. time i've got i've got working students here at the moment and i'm trying to instill some keenness in them like hey yeah show, show some excitement i mean show any some- teacher would say the same thing whether you're teaching bloody music or at school or university or whatever that's what you want is passion want, want, want a student who actually wants to do it and you'd see it all the time i suppose not so much with your adults but maybe with your kids that mum and dad have said oh it's a good idea go and do this and they kind of just lights are on but no one really cares i, I get it with both like not be- no one but that yeah, individual yeah, yeah. person is kind of like oh you know generalizing but with, with a lot of times in the clinics I'll, I'll say to participants you know you're doing great you've had a change fantastic only three thousand more times and you get two types of participants you get one participant that goes oh, only three thousand yeah and then you get another participant that goes oh <laughs> like I, I thought you got it right like yeah. i only had to do two or three of these yeah three thousand i'm not going to do three thousand that's one of the things i remember now, sorry yeah now josh i said three thousand on this exact interview he says i'm going to do it four thousand mm. like not three stuff your 3000. That's one of the things I want to interview him about when we're just having quiet time out the back having a beer is what makes the difference between an athlete and an elite athlete. And and he has his story too because but do you have to have that drive? Can it be taught? Can you And I don't want to give spoiler alerts. He yeah. talks a little bit yeah. about it when I ask him about what sort of player he was and he told me this because he didn't get drafted from a young kid with talent. Yeah. He didn't get drafted that way. Yet he had a career more successful than nearly any other AFL athlete. We're talking he's, he's three, time three premierships. Three premierships. Then he was two best and fairest twice. Twice in those three years with his club, which is massive. Absolutely. So that doesn't happen where when we talk about this, so for, for the listeners, and again, a lot of I'm assuming a lot of listeners don't understand AFL. So when you win a premiership but in any team sport, it means the same. When yeah, when you win a premiership, you're the best team in that year. Mm. Then he wins what we call best and fairest in that same team, which means he's the best player in his team or the season or the ultimately if yeah. you win the premiership because everyone has a best and fairest yeah but when you win it it's so hard to it's do because it's not for a game it, it's for the whole season yeah his and everyone's good everybody's good yeah. because his you want a premiership coaches have voted him best and fairest which is just that's the top of the top and, two out and of when three. you've won the premiership exactly he's won two out of three of those years he's won that award in his club when they've won premierships it's outstanding so this is a to- the type of person that he is right that, that you've noticed real quick but he didn't get drafted as a young talent. He, he talks in the, in the interview about being overweight and then he's had to look do it. pretty pudgy outside. I, tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we look pretty pudgy just, outside. Just, he's, just don't say that to him, all right? He's, yeah, he's an absolute <laughs> machine. Um, he's moderately fit yeah. is what I would that, – that's the kind of my understatement of the intro. Yeah. So on the <laughs> Facebook, I'm going to put a photo of him and you guys can – make sure he leaves his shirt on. You guys can make your decision. <laughs> 
on on him. Um, All the Swiss vitamins he's been having. But the extra effort that he's had to go into. Extra help. Swiss vitamins. I think that came after. But going forward to what you said, uh, going back to the horses, was he was an intense player for having that opportunity. He never took it from granted. And and, and he'll talk about a little bit more in detail, so I don't feel like this is a spoiler alert. But when he's at practice, right, so he's like, it's game day. Like when he's training five days a week, the other players in his own team are like, just back off. You're going too hard, you know, and, 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 and that's what he's like with the horse part, yeah. which is different, you know, like we've already just mentioned in, in this intro from most students. And so I'm sort of doing that part with him. I'm like, yeah, you're getting it really good, but also slow down. Your improvement is at an, an elite rate that can't be sustained. You've, you've got to back this part off. And yes, you've got your horse to think about as yeah. well. And he just wants to be as good as he can be. And yeah. he's going to get there in a really quick amount of time. He doesn't even realize it. For him, he's thinking this is slow. Yeah. But he's accelerating. He's been here for a week and he's here for another week. And the improvement that I've seen in the in the in the first week is something that I've never seen in anybody ever before. Obviously, except me. Well, except for yeah, the people that but, are on the <laughs> podcast. Just putting that in but <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're not no, even he would he would you're not even he in would the be, same exactly, yeah. arena. No, I know what you mean. And that's that just that drive that and this is my point professional athletes their drive like I, I look at my classic example is the tennis players so you got the top four male players in the world um nadal federer Djokovic, and the fourth guy <laughs> <laughs> you know him well your best anyway, mates but they play you know they play four majors plus a whole heap of tournaments each year against sooner or later they normally come up against each other in the majors now they have to find a way to beat them they've been playing each other for 15 20 years and they just keep playing the same and there's those key few key moments in each match there might be two or three points in four or five games they're key moments and they either learn to grasp those or they don't now i reckon the mental toughness of somebody who can do that year in year out against the same people and keep coming up with ways to drub them into the ground unbelievable and that's the kind of person that gibbo is yeah I can so you're talking about tennis players who are playing you know like you said a few tournaments a year yeah. you're doing a game every yeah. every every week but, but you're playing against different teams but so, you're coming up along exactly but it's the same kind of toughness to be able to just find that edge and then grind them into the ground and and he and he played and I, I for, for the listeners you probably don't realize this but i'm a huge afl fan and we talk about that in the interview that it's that even josh didn't realize how how are the western force going western force. bulldogs uh, <laughs> bulldog keep going now we'll go with the uh west coast eagles that, how are they going for you daniel they aren't going too bad they're not going great but they're on the up and up and i still think they're going to finish pretty strong this year so thanks for asking yeah, I wish I could use a sound effect for you, but uh, I'm not quite onto it. But 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 that's been interesting as well, and we talk about that in, in the whole deal. That I'm crazy about AFL. It's my outlet to probably horses is that I focus a little bit on AFL, and so for me, it's been like a huge treat to have him here and to then to be able to teach him. So we're talking footy as well, teach him AFL. Yeah, yeah. And, but we've been getting out, out there here and having a kick to kick, and I've been asking him these sort Do of you questions. Smack talk? No, because he's just the lead. Well, when you smack talk, you'd be sitting there. Like and you Kim Hagen. I'm not oh, the real honestly. Kim Hagen. I'm not the real Kim Hagen. Honestly, the first thing we did when I knew he was going to be here, we looked up a few of his stats. Now, the three years that he won premierships, mm. zero goals. But and, do you know he's course, a defender? Exactly. Of course, my boy Dusty he's goes. He's kicked five goals in his 200 exactly. odd games. Dusty goes, he's a defender. I said, I don't care. Get in his ear. <laughs> 
I'm no, like, no, no. But Josh did mention to me while he's staying here about how good his goals have been. Well, and he, I he saw some of them. They were pretty handy. He showed <laughs> me his right, highlights. I know. Yeah. He shows me his, his highlights. But but where I was getting to about him is I, I'm a huge AFL fan, so I appreciate this part. He's six two as far as height, mm. but he played on the biggest defenders. That's not big when biggest we talk attackers. about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You, you, I said yeah. defenders. He plays on the on the biggest forwards of the game who are two to six inches taller than him, mm. right? But that's what he loved, and he loved them having the head start. Yeah. And so I've had him out here, and I was, and and we've talked a little bit about footy tactics. And he's like, well, if I'm going against this player, which might be Buddy Franklin, I'm rubbish. Gonna, I'm yeah. What's one he the, done? One of the best forwards. <laughs> What's of, he done? Nothing. Ink boy of the game, oh, let alone his era. Yeah. So he's saying that for him, he's got this. You know, his tactics. Uh, this and this and his, his strengths are these and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to put myself in this position and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the strategy strategy, sorry, for a defender yeah. is probably very similar to the philosophy of a horseman with a horse. It's it's thinking of it from their perspective. Yeah. So so what are they going to do that – how do I need to react? Instead of like a lot of times in my clinics I say one of the – trying to relate both the, the football to the horses. So one of the things I say in the clinics is – You've got to see it from the horse's perspective. Sorry, I'm, I'm slurring a little bit. I have had a couple of rums. You're not that bad. Yeah. yeah. So the horse's perspective, you've got to see it from there. Instead of us trying to see it from ours, we're always trying yeah. to say, oh, why is my horse doing this because of this reason? You know, I've, I've, I've done all of this stuff. Why isn't he doing it? You know, well, we've got to look at it from his perspective. Why isn't he doing it? There's a reason. And and that's exactly what a defender is in football. He's mm-hmm. looking at it from his forwards. He's not thinking about his game. Like, no. I'm the best defender. I'm going to play my game. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've got to work out my opponent's game. Yeah, absolutely. And Whereas I've got a, to- The forward would do it the other way. Oh, yeah. The forward's like, I'm the best in the league. Yeah. Don't worry about who's yeah. playing on he's me. He's chasing me. I'm going to play my game best and I'll beat him. Yeah, I'm just the best. Yeah. That's what he's been told his whole career. I'm the best. Don't worry about what he's doing. I bet you he's not watching any vision on the defender. Did he talk about smack talk? Did he Did he? I asked him a little Franklin's bit. Ear? He, he's a quiet guy. Oh, that's because terrible. I reckon that's a key part <laughs> of a game. In a team sport, you I can, did ask you him about it. And I can't 100% remember whether I asked him in this interview, but I've asked him privately. Mind you, in the last dance with Michael Jordan, you don't want to mess with him. Michael Jordan lost. That's exactly (laughs) Gibbo's point. Might be exactly the same point. Yeah. Don't don't fire him up. That's it. That's it. Counteract him. And I think it's in this interview. So you have to, everybody's got to listen to figure that out. I wouldn't bother listening, ladies and gentlemen, because we've pretty much covered most (laughs) of the salient points here. No, because I did. I did talk to him about it. And I can go. I can duck outside now and just make sure there's nothing we've missed, and <laughs> we'll save everybody the trouble. <laughs> we want him to hear the whole deal. It's, it's probably it, worth it. I would yeah, say because yeah. you know the other reason why you want to listen to it. Why he talks about some of the sports psychology, yeah, which is so related to horse competition. Yeah, okay. And within that, the the funny thing is, is we get interrupted in the podcast by my kids kicking down the door and trying to get in here and interrupt. Yeah. So I do apologize because. I reckon at the point of the most crucial part to Josh's story about sports psychology, literally Zara kicks down the door. And interrupts because you know why? This is this is the hilarious part because Josh. That happened to you before, Steers. They're at the most crucial time. That I've said something. <laughs> no, no. Someone's interrupted. At the most crucial time. You interrupt. Zara kicks the door down. No, she doesn't. You normally do. Well, I try to. So. You let Z- me know if I do it again. <laughs> You're doing it right now. <laughs> so Zara comes in. Now. 
button down. So Zara comes in to say, Josh, you fibber. That's her opening line. Nice. Because front foot, front be, foot player. Let's go. Because Josh had promised to keep the football with her. Yeah. After his phone call. Then Josh had a phone call. He got off the phone. <laughs> but Zara had gone on a trail ride with everybody who's staying with us. So Josh is like, I can't. So then I get Josh to get the in on the podcast. That's why he didn't go on the trail ride. We do the podcast. They go out on a trail ride. She gets back from a trail ride. He's like, where's Josh? Must be. That's in her mind. Yeah. Someone must say, oh, he's doing a podcast. She comes in, kicks the door down. You fibber. You yeah. said when after you got off the call, <laughs> you weren't going to do a podcast. You were going to kick the football. See, I reckon it, maybe it's a genetic thing for horse trainers' kids or maybe it's just attached to the X chromosome, as mentioned before. But I reckon Isabella James would be exactly the same. Would just bust your chops. If you promise something, be the same thing in and into you. Yeah, I don't know if she's as intense, but but I think she's certainly got the same sort of <laughs> managerial skills as what Zara has and, and being the boss is going to be in both yeah. those. Because I don't know if they'd want it. Dan and I always talk about our missed opportunity. We've lived together. We're obviously in the same country together. Now he's in, he's in the States and I'm here. And we're having kids. We just wish our kids grew up together. Yeah. But but maybe if we put Isabella and Zara head to head, yeah. it could either be those two girls would rule the world, <laughs> rule the world or they're going to butt heads. And, oh, yeah. and I couldn't bet either way. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm Switzerland. Yeah, that would be – yeah, I'm, I'm a bit Switzerland on that too. That would be hard to pick, but you definitely be fireworks. All right, before we do the Josh Gibson interview, yep. we have a conversation startup from Ash Barnett. Okay. Um, yep. Okay, um, these are pretty out there, so I'm just going to read the first one. <laughs> You're not surprising me yet, but anyway. A group of aliens invade your home and say that they will take you away unless you can provide them with the perfect meal consisting of two sides and an entree and a scrumptious dessert. Two sides? And yeah. What is the best meal you could make them? All right. Like so, so hang on, let's go through this oh. before we do it. So we've got, unless you can provide the perfect meal consisting of two sides, an entree, and a scrumptious dessert. So t- what's, where's the meal? Yeah, so two sides, an entree, And it's what main, you can actually make because you can make some food. I can't. <laughs> You're in trouble. It's like, oh, red rooster. Follow- <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when Pierce says, your turn to cook, I'm getting takeaway. Okay, so I'm going to start with a little entree of uh, now my mum's always up me for this for not pronouncing it correctly because I'm not Italian but I would make a bruschetta which is which is yes tomato mm-hmm. in yeah. a um mm-hmm. in a kind I of think everyone knows a bruschetta. yeah yeah so and I'd put it on lovely little crusty bread. So that's one entree. And fresh basil. Fresh basil, absolute key. You can do it with coriander, otherwise known to the Americans as cilantro. <laughs> all of it all of it is crap, but yep. But beautiful. So that would be my first sad dish. My sad dish is we would be enjoying with these fruits and waffles. I'm out to understand that we would not be enjoying sad dishes with these fruits and waffles. Ah, God damn it, Kenny, you're so poor. <laughs> I was about to say, but a little bit of South Park there. Um, so that'd be my first entree. Then my my Second, so this is a this is a like a starter. This is a side dish before the meal because I can't. Is this quite this see. is your entree. No, this is my these are my side dishes. So I can't see how you'd have side dishes with a three course meal. Like you're not going to sit there and go, well, I'm going to have a whole complete side dish. So I'm I'm putting two like nibblies before you start the meal. Okay, okay so this is so sitting at the bar having your champagne and you're going to have a, a couple of okay, nibblies. keep going. So bruschetta, bruschetta, whatever you want to call it. The other one where I do is a uh, little. Um, um, 
a lovely little crispy toasted bread um, with a uh, cream cheese on it and a lovely smoked <laughs> trout on top of that, so cracked nice. pepper and lemon juice. A couple of those. These are <laughs> serious? Oh. These, these are part of the thing. <laughs> it's like you poured. I've just read this. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read it before, and I've read it out on, on air. Played, and you just like. Yeah. It's like you've had all week to think of this. <laughs> I've played these games before. Okay. All, all good. So you've got yep. two sides. Yep. Now, the next thing I'm going to do for the <laughs> yeah. for the entree. Now, I want this to be a balanced meal, okay? So <laughs> <laughs> My hands are not going to be anywhere near as good as this. I wish I went first. So I just I just want this to be a fairly light, again, a light and fresh entree. So I'm going to do a really fresh chicken Caesar, mm-hmm. okay? So it's oh, so I'm, I'm talking, you know, make it. <laughs> nah. Can you make this for me? Yeah, yeah, I'll make this meal, this whole meal for you. Yeah. For the aliens and now, me. For the, for the main, I want to really hit this off and I'm going to blow these bloody aliens' minds. I'm going to have a beautiful eye fillet <laughs> with... <laughs> with a herb crust and a potato gratin. <laughs> so <laughs> you're looking forward to this, aren't you? I'm like loving so, it. So the potato gratin is is just a it's a fancy word for a potato bake, mm-hmm. and it's going to be melt in the mouth with a, a just a beautiful salt and pepper. Yeah, or well, I'm plus plenty hungry. of cream and cheese, and oh, yeah. Uh, thin slices of potato baked perfectly so there's no crisp in it at all except on the cheese on top. And the uh, the herb-crusted um, eye fillet cooked medium to medium rare depending on your taste, but I would go with a medium rare myself. Thick herb crust, which just, again, it's a buttery herb crust that just breaks away through this steak and just melts away in life just... <laughs> Loving it. Obviously, you'd have a very nice bread, and there would be a tomato. I mean, a uh, a red wine jus <laughs> over the whole thing to just really soak up that bread, finish the herb crust, and you'd just be in another land. Now, for your dessert, <laughs> in this, another land. <laughs> I want this to be rich, but I can don't I, want it to take away from your heavy steak listen, that you've had as a. Can I do the dessert because I don't <laughs> want to do the rest of my any meals? Can okay. I do the dessert? Okay, dessert. better compliment my meal because I haven't even got to the wines yet that we're going to have Liz, with the dinner. The only dessert that I can make that I've learnt to make this year because <laughs> Piers requested it not once but then twice because wow. the first time so it's was a comeback so good. meal yeah yes giddy up sticky day pudding from scratch full blown the, wow the real deal good, I'm, good strong sauce I'm, yeah I'm doing both mate it is like, listen it? it's phenomenal Pia is a strict judge when it comes to literally anything that I do yeah she's going to critique me in anything that yeah, I, I do I find that I find that unbelievable because she married you yeah I know <laughs> it's, this is I think retrospective yeah, okay. Since then, she's become so a strict judge. Or, and we're in COVID lockdown. First thing she asked for, Mother's Day, she's like, I want you to make from scratch sticky date pudding. Fantastic. I do the whole thing. How long did then, you cook it for? So, did she ask you this in the morning? Days before. I was going to say, because you can't just whip up a sticky date and no, have no, the no, proper no, texture. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. and she's she's provided the ingredients and, and the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Then it goes so good, which I'm even surprised about. She requests it for a birthday. Yeah, nice. And she gets it for a birthday. So, no birthday. The cake. The funny thing about it, so I've made it twice now. That's the only times yeah. I've made it. Yeah. And when I cook, I'm extremely literal because I'm thinking about horse training. So it's like a cooking show. When I read the recipe, you know how it has the ingredients. You just put it in, don't you? No, 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 I don't. So trust you, me. you're reading the method properly. Yeah, but I first do the ingredients. Yeah. So I will weigh out all the ingredients <laughs> to the gram, to 
the meal, yeah. the whole lot, and I put them all out separately in separate little deals. Yeah. Then I go to the method. So I do this for the sticky date. There's lots of moving parts in a sticky date. <laughs> so I, I separate all the deals, which is cutting up a hell of a lot of dates for starters. Well, so I do all that, blah, 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 blah. Then I go to the method. You know what the first thing in the method is? Don't cut up the dates. No, you cut them up. <laughs> You cut them up. Soak them. For 20 minutes. Yeah. In brandy. Now I've got nothing to do for 20 minutes because I've got to soak them. I can't I can't go to the next step. Brandy or rum? Water. water. Hot water. Boiling water. Ooh. Boiling water. And so I do that. That'd be my tip for you. Right. Soak them in rum. Well, it's already pretty damn good. And you got that would take like you. Like boiling? You've got to heat the rum no, up? No, no. I'd heat it. Because a part of it is it softens. Yeah. I, w- I would heat it, but not <laughs> can't believe you're losing the alcohol. So if you've only just <laughs> tuned in, folks, this isn't a cooking show podcast. It is actually a horse podcast talking about Loosely AFL sports and sticky, dates and sticky dates but but no so I do this I get it all there and I'm like all right and then for me I can't do anything else when I'm in the zone I'm in the zone so I'm like standing in the kitchen he's like what are you doing I'm like 20 minutes I got about 20 minutes I got my timer like I'm not doing it at 19 minutes I'm not checking them at 15 yeah. minutes it's yeah. 20 minutes well, so it's 20 minutes worked. so I wait 20 and she's like you could literally be doing another job tidy the house or this I'm like no no because then I'll forget about the sticky dates so I'm waiting come back at 22 minutes of disaster. It's a disaster, exactly. Yeah. So 20 minutes, ding, goes off, do it, cook it. It's great. She loves it. She yeah. says, let's do it again for her birthday. So it's like a month later. So does she excuse you for not cleaning the house? Yeah, but, well, I made it, yeah, but I don't even clean up after I cook. Oh. That, that's a bit of a part that she doesn't Clean like. as you go, you filthy pig. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm waiting for, I'm literally <laughs> just complex. looking at it, waiting for 20 minutes. So then the second time, you'd think I would have learned from the first, and no, I forget this. So I do the same thing. I do everything. I look at the whole thing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to need this. I need that. I get them all out there and then I read the method again so there's 20 minutes I'm like ah oh. I should have thought about this for the first time. <laughs> so I reckon so now. Quick browse through the whole recipe. It might have. The quick browse would have gone. Yeah. So can I add that to the meal? What's Will that? you accept the sticky date pudding? Absolutely. How are you going to serve it though? You don't just. With ice cream. Yeah. What kind of ice cream? Vanilla. You can only have vanilla with it. Um, <laughs> your th- is, there's yeah, a pause. Yeah. No, no. Well, I think so. But if you had like a gourmet. See, you haven't soaked the dates in rum as suggested. So maybe a rum. <laughs> suggest- it didn't say that on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a rum and raisin ice cream oh. could get you out of problems. But the sauce is really good. Yeah, how, how, Do you want to take away from the sauce by having rum and raisin? Brown sugar and condensed milk and yeah, condensed milk. Just yeah, cook the know. living beginnies out. No, you got to stir, just, the, yeah, whole exactly stir, stir the whole time. Stir the whole time. I don't leave the stove. You gotta love it. I don't leave the stove. Good. That's why it worked. So I think we're going to answer that it. question yeah. for the two Sticky of us. dates in. All right. So I'm not going to go through the meals because that was just ridiculous. <laughs> You are so onto it, Kim. I love cooking. Right. I really do. I, I enjoy cooking. It sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but you enjoying, haven't made any of these fancy meals for well, me. This dessert, I'm looking forward to it, the sticky date. Well, I, but make sure I don't want to sit around watching you wait for shit. I'm, no, I'm going to bring just it cook over. The bars. You're, you're going to do the other parts. I'm going to bring that, and that's going to be the next meal we share together, yeah. other than the meal that we're going to share so, right now. Yeah. So we're going to we're, uh, Mexican. Yeah, we'll cook this five course bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giddy up. All right. I hope you, Kim, because you haven't heard this interview. Enjoyed as much as our yeah, listeners. I'm pumped. Thank you. So let's get into it. Looking forward to it.
Welcome, Josh Gibson. You're the first interviewee. How does that feel? Feels pretty good. So up until this point in the Double Dance podcast, we've just been covering our timeline. We haven't actually interviewed anyone as such. Ooh. And I thought that I'll take this opportunity since you're here to interview yourself, the great AFL player. It's quite interesting, isn't it? You got your first interview and it's actually not even a real horse person, mate. So it's uh, <laughs> listeners will be going, what the heck? Yeah, no, it's an, you're right. You tuned into the right podcast. This isn't a sports podcast. It is a double damn podcast. I want to start at the start growing up. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I um, I grew up in uh, in Victoria, in Melbourne, uh, in Blackburn, eastern suburbs. So my parents, mum's from New South Wales and um, dad is from Barbados. So they met in Sydney, moved to Melbourne and uh, me and my brother born and raised there. So went to school Trinity. I think there's a Trinity in Perth, isn't there, mate? There so is. Yep. Trinity Grammar um, was my high school I went to and, uh, uh, you know, I was a relatively good school kid. Footy, footy kept me there. Um, and you know, did all my growing up there, and um, I played a, played a lot of sports as a kid, mate. I was yeah, I played a bit of footy, cricket, did a little bit of horse riding, played squash. <laughs> Well, that's where I was going to get get into about. I guess. Okay. When did you start riding horses? Yeah. Um. So my mum grew up. She was. She used to live um in Central Queensland. So they lived on a station sort of thing. And um, my grandma was the big pusher. So she lived in Barrel. Um. And so every school holidays, I used to go up there, and you know, they'd have kids. Local kids would go and stay on this uh, pony club. But because I was travelling from Melbourne, I'd stay with her. So you know, I'd get dropped there every day. You know, sort of seven till seven. Um. And that's what I did every school holidays to get into riding but apart from that I did a little couple of pony clubs in Melbourne but that was that was where it started but there wasn't a lot of it so then you always loved them say from a kid you did you did know you wanted to ride horses it wasn't like you just found it later in life you actually were drawn to them from a kid yeah look I I really enjoyed being around them Um, you know I I love animals and um, yeah I was always it was something I enjoyed it wasn't like I was sent there (laughs) yeah sent there every school holidays and had to ride these ponies it was something I wanted to do so um, yeah had it had a connection with them early on but um you know due to other things in my life it sort of got got put on the back burner so that's probably footy is one of them what what age did you start playing afl yeah it's interesting like when i found out about afl when i was younger i you know i played cricket dad west indian you know like it was the era of the gun west indian cricket team you know and um and at the time i used to play squash and then i was pretty good at that to be honest and then one day i came home mum's like are you gonna start wearing those goggles now you know you can get hit in the eye i said i'm not wearing them mate it's Make me look like an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I quit the sport, and then uh, you know I was I uh, said I want to start uh, uh, Aussie Rules, and they were like, well, "What's that?" And I said, oh, it's just, "You know, it's a weird shaped ball, and dudes wear smaller shorts." No, I didn't say I was young, but <laughs> I said I want to take up footy, and so I, and, you know it's now called Oz Kick because it's Australia wide, but it was just Victoria, you know. So it was Vic Kick, and that was probably around grade five, grade six. Yeah, right. So that's so then again, obviously you've got no family that have been AFL players or anything like that to follow in their footsteps. You've yeah, no just, one. No one. Like I remember because I wanted to barrack for Hawthorne and then so I got to give everyone in the family team. So I gave them, they had to barrack for Brisbane Lions because they were they were trash back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just uh, they were hopeless. So that was their side and um, yeah, they knew nothing about it. I would just, you know, I had a couple of kids in the street that obviously played. That's where I got it from because um, we all lived in the same street as our primary school. But yeah, there was no family influence when it came to, it came to AFL whatsoever. So just imagine if you didn't have to wear those uh, fancy school squash goggles, <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't be 
the AFL player you are today, you'd, you'd be there uh, yeah. maybe representing Australia <laughs> in squash. But yeah. you'd still be – they got short shorts. Yeah, they got <laughs> – Talk about short shorts. They they, they have short shorts. Uh, they, yeah, you, you, I could be wearing a, a headband. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> Tucking in the shirt. <laughs> headband, tucked in the shirt, white socks up. Right, 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 right. That's right. On an indoor squash court somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Look, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the judge. Is it good money in playing squash? Don't think so. Don't I wouldn't think so, think so either. I'm just – I never think you get respected <clears throat> if you get to the Olympics in squash, you know, but I shouldn't say that. But yeah, it's, it's not it's yeah. not a marquee sport where no. you know Adidas uh, or Reebok are, are trying to sign you for a hundred no. million dollars. Definitely not. They're uh, they're probably still getting Diodora and brands like that coming out to them. There's no Nike and Adidas in squash. So what was the timeline in in slowing down in your riding as a kid and getting more into AFL? Oh, the horse riding was gone by what age? <laughs> I would have been grade four, grade grade four, grade five. So it would have been 11. Yeah, 10, yeah, 11, 11 to 12, horse riding was gone. And yeah. the, and so, yeah, so you're pretty quick once you got into footy, you're out of horses. Yeah, like, you know, because uh, when you're at school, you know, as soon as, especially as soon as I went to high school and I was young and I think I was year, I think I was 12 and year seven, I was young for my year level. And by then you're playing, you, know, you had to play private school, so you had to play sport on a Saturday. So if it was footy season, I was playing like school sport on a Saturday, clubs footy on a Sunday, training two nights a week for school, two nights a week for club. And then when it was the other season, summer, I'd be playing cricket. So school sports Saturday, play club cricket Friday night. And then, then we always used to play another another with another team on Sunday. So I had no time for anything else bar cricket and footy. When did you know you are good at footy? Like uh, what age? Can you remember? Like when I was younger, I, I it was me and one other kid, Jason May, who at, um, at East Bird Footy Club, and him and I were always around the top of the best and fairest at the club. But I was a pretty fat little kid, you know, so I was, you know, <laughs> I used to follow Jason Dunstall, who, you know, was big full forward yep. and, and I used to play in the forward line, but I was pretty out of shape, you know, so I had, I had talent, but <laughs> probably didn't have the work ethic. So, you know, like I didn't, I never played when you get upgrades. So like Oakley Chargers and all that under 18 representative, you know, like Victoria, mm-hmm. I never made any of those teams, never. So I didn't play in any, any rep ball like that at all. So yeah, like I was always good, but you know, I'd get invited to those things and I'd make get cut in the first group. Yeah. So I was never like a freak. So is that why, and, and for the listeners maybe that don't follow AFL, you, you, there's, a, there's a couple of different draft options to get drafted. So you, so you don't, you miss those first lots of your. Yeah. So you got the, the national pre-season. draft is when you're 18. Really it's kids coming out. You play under 18 footy in Victoria. And back then about 80% of kids getting drafted were from Victoria, you know? Oh no, sorry. 80 or 90% of kids getting drafted were um, 18 and coming yeah. out of those systems. So, uh, I missed getting drafted in the under-18s. So I played for Oakley Chargers in the under-18s, didn't get drafted, um, did a pre-season with Richmond. They didn't want me. Then I played in the VFL, which was the teams in Victoria. Um, you obviously have 40 guys on your AFL list, 22 can play in the AFL side, and the other 18 would go back and play in the VFL and they'd be aligned mm-hmm. with another club. So I played at Port Melbourne, who was aligned with Sydney Swans. And it was good because Sydney was like the only interstate club that was aligned with a team in the VFL. They didn't send down too many players. So as a Port Melbourne player, there was always more of a chance to play in the Port Melbourne ones because it wasn't saturated with um with AFL guys. So I spent two years playing in the VFL. Then at the end, 
into my second year, North Melbourne, who they stepped in from Sydney to be aligned with Port. They um, decided to rookie list me at the age of 21. So yeah, I came in the back door and was three years after my supposed window of when you normally go. Yeah, to and, and even for rookie 21, I know there's been some mature age recruits of late that have stepped out and, and been guns. But 21, you're already starting to probably think you've missed your opportunity. Is that right? Yeah. So talk about the, the draft. They have um, you can get invited to draft camp. You know that's where the players go and and the AFL clubs watch them. And the way it is, there's the national one that was at Canberra, and a player, a kid looking to get drafted, needed to be invited by three clubs. Um, so you know you get a letter at home. And if three clubs were interested in you, you'd get up there. So I never got to go to that. Uh, but if one club or two club was interested in you, they'd have state level screen. They call it a screening. So I went to that in Victoria um, when I was 18, younger year at still playing at school. So I had a really good year of school footy. And then the next year when I was playing under 18s, because I had a year of under 18s after school, I went to it again and never got drafted. And then the next year, my first year in the VFL, I didn't get invited to it because I had injury. I was like, okay, now the window is closing. And my second year of um, VFL, they invited me back to it again and I got drafted. So Just scraped through. Just scraped through. What are you doing for work at this time? Because obviously at this point, you're not making a living with football. What are you doing on the site? Yeah, so I was um, I was studying um, and I was working at Rebel Sport. So I went to like university in Paran and then Rebel Sport was across the road. And then yeah, you got paid money to play in the VFL as well. You know what I mean? So you signed a contract there, but I was working at Rebel. And I even had my job at Rebel Sport when I got drafted. And and when you said you were also at uni, what were you studying at uni? I was studying real estate. So I was a qualified real estate agent. And what was your fitness like now through that period? You said you weren't too good as a little kid. Now you're about to get drafted. Are you at that AFL standard? Yeah. So in the first few times I went to the draft camp and they do all the testing, you know, skin folds and all that. And I was in the top 1% of skin folds, like worst. You and uh, McGovern, you and yeah, McGovern would have been. Right. McGovern's are probably not even on the list. He's, he's, there, he's, he's yeah. got his own chart, he's the McGovern the, the chart. McGovern chart yeah. The McDonald's McGovern chart. <laughs> and then and then after that, I went and got a PT and he used to work at St Kilda and I was like, it was probably my out all the time because, you know, it was like, oh, if I was fitter, I'd be as good as these guys. But then I was like, oh, well, you're going to get this PT now and he's going to whip you into shape. So if you don't you don't make it, you're not gonna make that's it. not your crutch anymore. You just got to accept you're not good enough. So, you know, it was a bit of a like, okay, here we go. And so I would have started seeing him uh, when I was in the VFL. And yeah, so I was, I was, I was fitter by then. So I was, yeah, I was near 12, which was 2001. Like I was 95 kilos. Well, I went nine, I played at 90. And I'm guessing that wasn't muscle. And I wasn't doing any weights. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's not muscle no, at 95. No, it was McMuffins. That's what it was. It was all Maccas. It was, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I was overweight. So then you've turned that all around. You're working at Rebel Sports. You're selling the short shorts now. You're studying the uni. You, you, you're getting a lot fitter. And then you've gone into your football. To fast forward, you've kept that fitness. You've retired now. And I, I haven't got this in the run sheet, but everyone's probably thinking, I wonder what this dude's like if he was so out of shape. <laughs> you've been retired for a couple of years, but but now you're big into the into the gyms. You've you've got your own gyms. You're working out what harder now than you did when you were. Yeah, the boys like the Hawthorne boys laughed. They're like, mate, your body looks better now than when you were playing. Um, <laughs> and as you said, we've got you know gym gym franchise, and um, you know, I end up training now at least seven sessions a week. You know? Like not seven days, but you know, most days we do two. I probably train seven to ten times a week now. So, so you, uh, you think you're going to stick with that? I love it because I've. 
Yeah, um, through my career, the one thing I was always respected was for how far, how hard I trained, and that was something that really changed. And then I always hung my hat on that. And now, like, I just love that love structure, and you know, like pushing myself, bit of pain barrier. I enjoy that type of stuff. So I love. You know, we do these sessions. We want to put ourselves in a hurt locker, and we love. We call it empty in the tank. We yep. Try to do it a few times a week. Like I really enjoy it. Well, that keeps you going. Then <laughs> that leads me to my next question. Almost an awesome segue there. What, what sort of a play were you like? You've told me this, you know, before, but I wanted to include it in the podcast. You're pretty intense. Yeah. Tell me some of those stories of you you being a bit of a pest, you know, with your players just on training days. Yeah. So for, for the people listening that, you know, don't know about AFL, um, I played in the back line. And so my job was really to play on the best forwards. Um, and when the ball was coming to them, you know, I was my job was to not let the market. So, you know, spoiling. And um, I think I got a bit of a reputation in the, in the competition as being very good at that. But when we'd be at training, you know, like you meant to ease off and I wouldn't ease off, you know, like last thing the forwards want, you punching their hands when you're punching the ball and popping their fingers during the week before games. And I'd just be smashing them all the time. And I would, <laughs> the coach would call us in, you know, to talk about it after how a drill's gone. Team huddle. And someone would just, yeah, a little team huddle. Someone would just be going to handball the ball or something. I'll just punch it away. I'll just jump in front of them and punch it. And Denied. So they, they hate, it's like, you know, basketball just rejecting blocks yeah, all the time. You rejected. Like, That's it. Well, you not know, even playing, Josh. You know, We're not you even may, playing. Exactly. You imagine that little time out there he's just going to put a basketball and you just kind of top smack and just reject him you know that's the type of stuff I was doing all the time and people hated it but I was just like this is what I need to do to be on just You're on all the time on all the time so then it leads me to the next question pre-game rituals <laughs> if, if you're going to be on all the time what gets you up for how a long, game how long is this podcast <laughs> we've got a while so my pre-game rituals were really bad like I had to go see a psychologist in the end because they were just they started consuming my week so if we were playing on Saturday these would normally start on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And so like there were things I had to go. Oh, the biggest one, which everyone knows about was I drank 16, 600 mil power aids before a game. So I would start, if we're playing Saturday, I would start drinking these at about four o'clock Friday. You know, I had to buy, buy like four, 14 in one store and then I'd have to go and buy two somewhere else, same colors. So I'd have to drink 16 of these before we play the next day. So, you know, I'd try and knock off a good 10 or 11 on the Friday and then just polish off the last five <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> and like, I always had to have a bag of lollies the night before the game, same lollies. Had to like eat. I went to this fish chips restaurant and I'd always get like this grilled fish pack and this. And I had to have it every time we're in Victoria, you know, and like before that I'd have the chiropractor. So I'd see the chiropractor. You'd have to finish on me at this time because like the parking outside of that place, it was a clear way till 6.30. So you needed to finish so I could get there right at 6. Like everything was meticulous. Then get up game day, wake up the same time. And, you know, like obviously you have to shave your ankles for strapping. So you'd shave your legs. I had to shave them in the morning of the game, I'd listen to the same music, shave in the same time, walk the dog the same route, I have to buy the newspaper from here and this, eat just right cereal, then two slices of toast. And then it was like, the other thing that was bad was packing my footy bag. So I'd like pack it the night before, but I would check it probably 50 times. Like I can tell you, I'd go footy boots, yeah. footy socks, undershorts, shorts, jumper, mouth guard, music. And I just I just like think about that all the time. I'd be like footy boots, footy socks, undershorts, shorts, mouth guard. It's not like 
like it's your first game. You, no, 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 you, no. This stage you're playing. That's like, right. And like say, even then that, you know, I said like mouth guard. Like I didn't even wear a mouth guard. I'd pack a mouth guard in its never container. I didn't play with it. But they made me one. I'd pack it in my bag and it had to be there at every game. But I never wore it. It'd have to be there. And then what was the go with buying the Powerades from different stores? Like, I don't know. I, can I can't really understand the 16 for a start. <laughs> but then when you say got to buy the, these colours from this store. I'd like, always have to have like four gold rush, four blue bolt. That would get like you get either eight and then I'd get. Because the club would have organised them if you just said I needed these. Well, I couldn't would, tell them. They would hate it. It would be delivered to your door. But I know. You, you, and then so I'd get the, them at the supermarket because after I had the fish and chips, I'd always then go into the supermarket and get more Powerade. Those big bunch, and then I would go and get a bag of volleys and that because I have to have the bag of volleys the night before the game as well. That was bad. That is so intense. Intense. Where and like uh, even <laughs> you know we'd always play Geelong on Easter Monday. Yeah. And so that Sunday is an efficient. You can't buy fish and chips. They're closed. You know what I mean? Yeah. On Easter. I knew. I knew that that so store would be closed, but I would drive to it. Right. So I drive there, <laughs> and then from there I had to drive to Nando's around the corner. But you'd go there first. Just as, go there. Just to like, say, oh, well, I've done that. I've, I've checked that. that up. And then I I've go. Tried it. I couldn't I just get in. Tick that box, and then yeah. So I started seeing a psychologist. She's like, "Oh, well, you're crazy." I could she's, see. She's like, <laughs> "She's probably thinking, ka-ching, this, yeah. this is a gold mine." And then she'd be like, "Okay, so what happens when you play a bad game?" Or so I just tightened down on him. You know? so, just, oh, I got too loose. I must have thought to exactly myself, right. I was, "Exactly right." I got comfortable. You know, I got I mean? a little relaxed. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> what? Why did I walk that dog in the morning? Yeah, you know it's, what? it's no, intense. No. So she was like, "And the hardest thing was not going through a footy bag." Did you always play good on your Easter Monday? Have you ever had a bad Easter Monday game? Because you only get you would only played a handful of them really no I had a couple Geelong tagged me a few times they were good they played me well so I had a couple of bad ones so so did you blame the fact that you didn't get your fish and chips no, I blamed Nando's yeah <laughs> did you think maybe next time I'm going to have to go to their house and say hey come on just yeah. this, go, I knew let's the guy go to the restaurant the business. I, yeah, I, th- I th- honestly thought about asking him to open up the restaurant for those yeah I, I would have started thinking about that what about fast forwarding again <laughs> to riding horses and camp drafting and competing do, do you have any rituals now for camp drafting no rituals for camp drafting zero none I try to not have any like I feel like you're gonna need a couple. No, Don't get no, out no. of control. No, no, no. But I, I like no. I like to, I like to warm a horse up. Then I like to come back, unsaddle him. I take him out, warm him up first. Come back, unsaddle him. Take him over again. Have another one, and then go and watch runs before. So I like to ride him twice. Well, right? so, so I get up earlier. Yeah. So even if I'm out. So it's a little ritual. in the first 10, you know, yeah. like. But you always come back. I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going out working, yeah. coming back. You won't just stay out there. Won't stay out there. Come back. So that is a ritual. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's, I'm going to check in in a couple of years and see. <laughs> I reckon you're going to have a few more. I reckon you're going to creep in. I've got And one, then the yeah. psychologist is going to be able to cash in again and she's thinking, I'll be able to get that second beach house now. We've got Josh back <laughs> back in, in competition again. <laughs> now he's gone back to competitive mode. He's paid for one beach house. We might get a second. So then. Well, I, I pay for everyone. I'm like to my dentist, I probably put her kids through private school education. She's like, Yeah, keep drinking those power aids. I just keep giving you those <laughs> fillings. Sure. Yeah. I didn't think She's like, that. Ching, ching. Oh, she and was the, loving me. And the bag of lollies. Yeah, there you go. There's another root canal. We'll just put that one in there and that'll get my son through a year, right? Yeah, we're going to Bali this year. So thank you, Josh, for that. So you've had success at the highest level of footy, winning three premierships, two best and fairest. I know you've heard this all before, all Australian. Played in the biggest full forwards of the game. What's that like leaving that career and almost starting again and, and learning a new sporting? 
doing camp drafting? Yeah, so, so it's tough. Like to give you an understanding of camp drafting for me, like I you know towards the last couple of years of footy, I was just doing some riding with friends again. And I was like, stuff this, I'm going to get a horse. And, you know, and they were doing some team penning and went along with a couple of those. And I thought, this is fun, you know, there's, there's another, another animal involved. And and then I took my horse to get it trained to a bloke and uh, his name's Dave Murphy. And then they were like, so have you seen camp drafts? And I don't know what that is. And you know, it took me to a camp draft and I was just like, okay, I really like this. But then, as you said, like, it's hard because it's something I know nothing about. And I've already told you how meticulous I am with things. And, you know, like I strive for perfection and 100% all the time. And then you're like at the bottom of the pecking order in a sport. Yeah, that's what I was and wondering. It's, and it's like a sport that I enjoy. So it's not like, oh, no, you're making me play badminton. Yeah. I'm not into it, so I don't care about it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm competitive. This is how I get my competitive juices flowing. You know, like I don't go and play footy anymore. I don't play in local legs. This is like I get my competitive juices flowing and I'm not I'm not yeah. one of the best at it. This is frustrating. So it's, it's tough. I don't know if you listeners can hear, we've got a fair old thunderstorm <laughs> going through. So like, raise my eyebrows yeah. to Josh. We hear a bit of thunder and lightning outside. So that's where it comes to me. I'm thinking, because I know what it's like. And Dan James, who's usually on the podcast, he used to, you know, chase cattle for a living. Like he's come off the station. And when he said, so he's already got the riding. That's right. He's chasing cows and he turns up to camp drafting and he mm. he can't get a first peg. So it is, it's a unique sport in that way. It doesn't matter that, yes, you can ride or yes, you can read a cow. It's, it's pretty tactical, not unlike football in a way. And so setting things up, being in position, which I would imagine you just love from being a defender and learning about positioning in, on cows and where you got to be coming out of that gate and 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 do this and do that and read the cow and read this and, and get it around but at the same time you, you're learning it from scratch yeah so i could only just imagine when i was sort of taking down a few notes i was just like well, what would yeah. that be like you you've gone from and because when you transition and that's probably the next question in there and i'm throwing a couple of questions at you but obviously you've got back into horse riding while still playing <laughs> afl there's a bit of an overlap right a crossover yeah there's crossover am, am i not going to get you into trouble no, am I? I've retired. That's fine. Yeah. So, did, firstly, does the club know? At the well, time, did the club know that well, you were doing it? it was, so, I went to. It was a draft at Lockington, and uh, you know, I'm in the I'm in the encouragement at this stage. And on that day, I'd managed to finish fifth. You know, so I had to get my first ribbon, get out in the lineup. You know, I was excited. Give me an envelope. There's a, there's a check in there. I'm like, oh, here we go. Professional. Here we go. You know, this is it's my time. Obviously, I opened that up, and that check check was for eight dollars sixty. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's spend bit, it all at once. <laughs> I'll put that away. But after that draft, someone emailed the club, and it was like it was you know I think it might have been February March time. They might have wanted it included in the salary cap. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Josh is earning extra money outside uh, and they emailed the club and said hey this guy's riding horses it's a dangerous sport and you guys season starts in four weeks you know he's playing games he's playing games in the nab cup and then leaving them and coming down and doing this and club pulled me in on monday they weren't happy and because i had like bad groins as well and they're like <laughs> riding a horse you know you're telling us you got smashed groins we're injecting you every week uh going on here so you're actually playing games still at that point yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. just listed on the club no, no i was playing i was playing we've been pre-season i've been playing games yeah, yeah. And and then you go and have for a sneaky horse ride. No, I was playing games like we'd laugh that I'd come. We had Wednesdays off. We'd be leading into the AFL final series, and people be like, "Oh, I would go down to ride during the week." And I will just. Let us warm all the horses up just in case because we don't want you to ever come off because you've got a final this week against the Western Bulldogs. That was yeah, I was that was 26, 2016. I was riding. 
So, so I guess trying to fill the gap. So we found out when you've stopped writing and now we're back into your writing. What can so you remember? 20, the year? So 2016. So I would have, uh, yeah, 2016 was the first time I went to a draft. So I would have written again in 2015. So that's five years ago. So I was 31 and I would have finished writing when I was 11. So 20 years. Yeah, right. So what made, what was that? What triggered I'm going to go riding again? Just because I just went on a few trail rides. I said, and I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this. And I was like, what, what even? I oh, said, so just a friend? Just, or just what, went what? for a trail ride with girlfriend at the time, and we just I you know, like we had some time off. Like, oh, you know, you go away, it's going a trail ride, like one of those ones you got to pay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. No like, one, so no one said, hey, we got you got. No, oh, no, no, have no. you got a horse? No, you got trail like, You yeah, just were out of vacation. That's right, vacation, dough bangers, yeah, trail yeah, ride, whatever. You get yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's 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 interesting because myself, I learnt to, to ride from not actually wanting to ride at all, just from doing a trail ride. And, and when I did a trail ride, I was just like, oh, geez, this is fun, and being able to control a horse and, and just sort of snowballed from there. I had this question for a little bit later on, but I think this is a better segue for it. What is it about the horse do you know that makes you think this is, you know, what is it that you enjoy? What's number one? So so at that time, it was a great escape, you know, like because footy was stressful. Um, we'd been really successful. I was getting towards the end of my career and you just, you get like, when you're younger, you love everything that goes with footy, you know, people stopping you everywhere and, and they're invading your privacy the whole time. You don't mind. Then you get older and it's just becomes tedious you know I've been doing this for 12 years and then it was like an escape you know like we could go out footy wasn't intense you're out of out of the city jump on a horse and it was just sometimes I just go by myself it's just me and that horse you know what I mean yeah Nature. and I was like oh this is just it's a mental at the start it was like I enjoy it and it was a mental release and I was like how good's this you know like I could just for two hours or whatever it is there'd be no footy not thinking about footy and it was just like peaceful but then like more and more I started riding I was like you know I just love these animals and then okay now there's this camp drafting sport and like I said I'm competitive and I'm like that looks like fun go to one and you know the whole yeah there's the, the sporting aspect of it but you go to a camp draft and community feel social you know it's just very genuine and yeah that's probably the thing I really as much as I love the sport I love that side of it so much as well well when it comes to you might I'm not sure if you know this fact but there's three sports that uh, Australia Australia mate yeah I got to, I've kicked two of them off two, yeah. two of them off. Well, across we can get you say for yeah. those listeners is AFL Australian football, and then you've got camp drafting, and and then you've got uh, polo cross. So three sports. I, th- I always think it's an interesting fact, being that two of them are horse horse related, mm. and then of course the AFL makes sense being Australian football league. Um, but but from that part there, I'm thinking, well, you you could have had so many other outlets, like you know, other most players, not play all go- players, golf. Yeah, they all. So, so there was it. something that that's resonated with you that that gets you on a horse that you'd go, well, I feel feel at home with this. That's right. And, you know, like I said, my mum, she grew up riding. My grandma loved riding. So, you know, there's something that's been passed there through the generations that it's just something that triggers me inside more than you know, my brother or anyone else that, with horses because it's not like anyone else in the family now has got Like mum had them when she was younger, but no one's got any now. You know, it's like your situation. I think you were. Yeah, I'm the only one in my family. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, they respect them, but yeah. So for me, my outlet, like you talk about, well, 12 years of football, my outlet is, is football, which is funnily we've gone to the opposite ends there where yeah. where peer, it drives peer nuts because if I'm on my phone or something, I'll be on the AFL app or I'm checking the scores. And, you know, she didn't mind when I just watched one game a week, you know, West Coast game. But now I'm watching other games to see how other teams are playing and, you know, strategizing, even though I've got nothing to do with the team. And you, you heard me talk to my brother today and you're like, you're a bit footy crazy. <laughs> and and that's, that's my outlet. Now I'm wondering when Josh Gibson gets a bit camp draft crazy in a few years time and you're <laughs> intense and you're doing your rituals pre, pre-camp draft. <laughs> 
jamming. I'm having. And you're not, I'm not drinking twelve Gatorades. You're having twelve be beers. beers. <laughs> but you're doing this whole other thing. What's his? What's going to be your outlet from horses? You're going to need to go back to doing something. Girls might be just working out. Maybe we'll be working out will be your outlet from. Well, I think that th- what it's saving me at the minute is even with you know the running of the gym company and we're selling franchises around Australia. Is that it's still an outlet for me right now? Like you know, probably like you're saying, maybe down the track it'll become the main thing. But right now, it's still a way to get away from work, which is makes it even more enjoyable. Yeah, I get that. Well, what goals have you set for yourself with horses? Have you got goals? Uh, no, I haven't set. No, nah, I haven't set a lot of goals. Just, Obviously, I, I want to win a maiden. Uh, that's that's, that's my a good goal. start. And like this was meant to be my year in terms of having an uninterrupted cam drafting. Oh, how did that work <laughs> out for you? <laughs> Great, <laughs> because and you know because like even when I when I finished footy, you know, everyone wants you to be in footy, and I was commentating, and then I had a show. Like you ask the guys, it's hilarious. The last I used to f- I filmed a show in Sydney every weekend. I was, was uh, uh, sports tonight or something. Yeah, I did sports night. And then I also had another thing for Bet365 on Saturday lunchtime. So I'd have to fly to Sydney every week to do this show. And like I've flown, I've been like do this show, race out of the show as fast as I can, get a flight to Adelaide or to Wagga or somewhere like that, get someone to pick me up or hire a car, drive to a draft. It's just insane. <laughs> drive to a draft. Like they guys bring my horses, draft on the Sunday, and then that'd be a double weekend draft, fly home. There's been like other ones I remember skipped and had to work Saturday Sunday, drove down Sunday morning because I wanted to have a draft, had my runs, and then had to go back, made it into final, shanked it, had to go back and <laughs> had to go back and commentate a game in the afternoon. There's a footy analogy for you guys, shanked it. That yeah. means you didn't do too well yeah. in the in the camp draft final. But you must sort, yeah, and so you've obviously figured out you, you couldn't do it all because no, your right. mind's not there. That's you right, hundred percent. And that's why I was like, no, no, I, I'm really enjoying this. Right, I don't want to, I don't want to work in footy anymore. So I've canned it. I don't do anything AFL now. So I'm done. So this was my year. I was like, right, it's the first time I'm going to have weekends free since I was probably 13. Yeah. You know, for the last 23 years of my life, I've played sport all weekend. And I'm like, wow, I'm waking up with nothing. Or, you know, I've, I've worked, commentated. So this was the year. I was like, great, do clinics, going to do this, going to get to more drafts. COVID came. Well, COVID brought you here at least. Yeah, it did. That's so right. we're riding horses. We're exactly for, right. For the listeners, we've had Josh at home for a week and and uh, and he's with the Parkers, the uh, Camp Draft family and we'll talk about them in a little bit. And you've had a little bit of, I guess, horse riding break from, from reality with the whole COVID-19 situation, particularly at this point that Melbourne and Victoria has gone a little crazy, so it's probably good to be out of there. That's perfect. Getting, Nailed it. Yeah, getting back to the footy side. I've got this other question here that I wanted to ask you, which was, I guess, what, what can you take or what have you learnt from footy that you can use with horses? Um, sorry, Scotty. Just give you a drink, mate. Um, Thank you. Cheers for that. The biggest thing is like like repetition and putting in the work, you know, like I've just told you some stories then about rocking up to drafts at the 11th hour and it's like, you can't, yeah, okay, that was great. I had fun. I got to do it. But as I want to get, as I'm getting more involved in it, you can't, you can't do drafting that way. It's not sustainable. And, um, and it's like football. Like if you didn't put in the hours training, like game plan, repetition, knew it back the front, you know, just, just become second nature. If you don't do the work horses, then it's, 
not going to get the outcome. So the okay. one thing I can take, you've probably seen a bit here, is like because I told you I'm meticulous. So yeah. I will just like, okay, sweet. If that's what you, if that's what I need to do, Dan, I'll do it. If you tell me right, you need to practice that three thousand times, great, I'll do it four thousand. Yeah. I have no issue with that. And that's what I love about teaching you. And and I talk about this in my clinic, and I've even mentioned it to, to you guys while you've been here. Is you know I'll get somebody in the clinic and they'll have a little struggle, and then they'll they'll get it right, and okay, I'll, I'll come over. That's great. That's perfect. That's awesome. Just three thousand more times, and, and some of them or probably most of them, you just see this shrug the shoulders and like, oh my God, 3,000 times. And and some of them have a bit of a chuckle. And then others like yourself get upbeat and be like only 3,000. And I know that's what I was like, like with my deal and, and I had instructors say that to me. I was just like, that means I've only got 2,999 to go. Like, and, and you even took one step further and you're like, oh, 3,000, I'll do, I'll do 4,000. No, I, I was just trying to show you I was listening. Oh, so no. I went to four. But my thing is it's muscle memory. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can't, if you want to do something at speed when it's crunch time, that's got to be or you or your horse or whatever. You need to drill that in repetition-wise so it's second nature. And I get that from football. So, you know, like when I won't swear, but when it hits a fan, you need to be able to just go bang, bang, bang. Yeah, or absolutely. Everyone understand that. And the only way you can get to that place is by practicing and practicing and practicing it. And then you'll go out and it's like you have a practice match and you might go to, a, you know, drafting early and then it'll fall over and you'll be like, okay, well, it's not there yet. It's not when the heat was on, I didn't deliver. Right? Yeah practice more that's the only way you can get better at it so i like i don't mind that aspect because i like it and absolutely and i was listening to a podcast i can't quite remember the quote but they're talking about professionals there and going about practicing and it's about when they're competing whether it's tennis or basketball or obviously football or horses it's a making good decisions and fast but so they're saying well that's what the brain has to be trained for you have to be making the right decision like if it's a tennis ball coming in where you're going to put it before it even comes in and blah 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 but then they also said in that same podcast is if you do make a bad decision about how quickly to move on oh. and, and I think that's again another lesson from your football knowing that you know whether you're lining up against Buddy Franklin and you know you've put yourself in the wrong position and then he marks it on the chest and kicks a goal you drop your bottom lip and 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 start thinking about that knowing that the balls might be coming back in from the centre bounce or do you just go that's out of the brain you can't well, you can't live in the past it doesn't matter <clears throat> I can sit here crying about it as much more. I actually can't change what's happened there so you know, it was one thing we always said control the controllables and it's like well, what does that mean but it's like I can only control what I can control and yep. him kicking that goal on me before or becoming in a mother horse and getting cracked out I can't change that now so it's done yep. and if I sit if I sit there worrying about that he'll kick the next round me or if I sit there t- having a tantrum about that I'll get cracked out again whatever yep. it is you know like so you can only control what you can control so then on the flip side is there anything that you've learned with horses that you wish you could have taken back while you're playing footy that you might have learned from from the horse side of things is there anything that you uh, I've learned this about horses it's taught me even something it might have taught yourself you know the biggest thing i've so the biggest thing about the horses and you know a lot of people say is you know about thinking about you know you've got your mind the cow's mind the horse's mind you know it's very unique and sometimes i look back down i'm like i could have thought more about other people's minds not so much my opponents because like what i think i think i knew what my opponents think so i watched a lot of vision on them but i'm like i've known a little bit more about some of my teammates in certain situations so could have got there faster to assist or been known right james frawley oh i, I know that he's like not great on his other hand, but I couldn't know something else, you know? So I'm like thinking about more about other people's minds instead of yeah, just being right. mine and my opponent. Yeah, 
and you know, thinking about your that's right, like watching I, your vision and that's right. Like I could tell you what Buddy's going to do, but I could have known more more about that midfielder who's going to have the ball in there to kick it to him. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, yeah I, I know like Buddy it. wants to lead that way, but I should know more that Sam Mitchell, like my own team, I could say I know Sam's going like to walk this. right and kick to the left, but it's like I should know more about X who's going to kick the ball to Buddy to help me stop him. Yeah, I like it. And that's what I got from horses because it's it's like so many minds you're looking after. Yeah, you know, like you can go um, in there, you can go in there my own game plan, but it's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I always talk about that too when we when we're riding and working with horses. It's like even with a horse, you, you know, I know what I'm going to do with every horse before I hop on a ride. I'm like, you know, I can, it doesn't matter how many I'm been working some of your guys' horses, got my own horses, and I just hop on them and I got a game plan before I've even stepped on there. But sometimes they they throw a curveball at me, and we're not working on the stuff that I thought we we're going to be working on just because we've done it for the last few days. That feeling a little bit different, and, and that's the other side of horses that could maybe relate and sort of what you're saying is going well. You, you've got to be a little bit more open to what's happening around you not just yourself because that could really throw me or, or I, I think of students that I'm teaching get a little bit worked up because they, they had a game plan and now they're trying to deliver it to the horse and it's not it's not what we should be should be doing today and we should change but instead they're stuck in the ways of thinking for themselves no no this is what you know I went to a lesson with Dan Steers or I went to a lesson with Warwick Schiller or whoever it might be yeah. and this is the game plan but yet the horse is like change for whatever reason and you've got to adapt it and, and that's what probably resonates with what you're saying it's a little bit more left field but you're sort of going well i'm not got to just think about myself in two-dimensional i've got these other minds and and because from a team perspective like that's why hawthorne was so that's why we were so successful is that a lot of teams have their game plan right and that's their one word this is how we're going to play but you're going to come up to someone that can stop it but then what do you do Mm. and and a lot of teams have to wait for coaches to change stuff and hawthorne we were very adaptable but like sometimes it was a bit to our detriment because we were like a boxer so say we're playing west coast sometimes we just like to be like sit on the ropes and just let you throw punches punches striker that's what you left right combination and so we work it out and then we come back and hit you sometimes we'd give them too much of a lead because we were a bit cocky like that almost so yeah it's like you've got to be like you're saying that's the horse thing you know you come out and you think you're going to work on this but then it's like well no we're not doing that today because this is wrong you've got to be able to say okay now i need to adapt to that look i would have liked to play yeah i would have liked to run game plan a today but we're doing which is what we learn all week exactly right you've you've gone to bed all night thinking i'm going to do this tomorrow with my horse and then he says well actually we're not we're doing I'm stuffing this up and you're like okay we've got to work on that that's when you need to be adaptable so another horse question from footy that I've just thought about while, while I've been talking and, and you've sort of mentioned it before about vision like as a football player imagine you've you've watched hours and hours of footy vision both on team structure one-on-one opponents you know visually watching yourself not only training but then you you're taking back and I imagine with an assistant coach or something going through hours and hours of footage analyzing your opponent's game and your own game is any of that with horses relate do you do you I watch yourself ride horses? Do you watch other people ride horses? What's I that watch, like? I watch heaps. I don't know if you remember, we were sitting around the fire the other night and I was showing you some of Jason's runs and yeah. he was like, oh, you got a lot of my runs on your phone. I'm like, yeah, because I just watch them back. I watch people that can ride, okay? So that's their position. That's everything because, mm-hmm. okay, that's how that cow beat them. Because like you said, I don't – I don't, my job isn't, I don't go and move cattle all day. You know what I mean? So you have to try and upskill yourself in the other areas that I'm not going to be as great as others, but I watch heaps of vision. I have to. And like, I'm a visual, I I know that I like learning that way. You know, like if you give me something to read in a book, it's not not me, but like you show me. Imitation. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And then I can just like visualize it. And and even like with football, we always used to say like visualization is so important. When we were injured, our fitness coach, like when you're injured, he would tell us to go home 
home and visualize kicking. I would go home. I would visualize myself playing games, spoiling again, kicking again. And then when you came back from injury, it always felt like you picked up the speed faster. I'm yeah. big into that stuff. So that means you're visualizing your camp draft run. You do 100%. that. Visualize where you want to be, what you need to do, what. And like we used to have, we had this really amazing dude come over from America who worked with like best surgeons, sports, fighter pilots, all this, you know. And he was like, um, you know, he'd get us to write like our seven words down, like, and you could do this for camp draft, you know. And it'd be like, okay, so I'm t- Josh, you're going to tell me what your best game looks like. So, you know, that time when I played your team, West Coast, yeah. like, he's like, yes, but you brought you- this up a lot this week. <laughs> you remember that time I had 44 touches, kicked the goal, but it was 42 or something, wasn't it? 42. But he's like, okay, think about the actions. What are the words that represent the actions of how you feel in that? And I'm like, I feel confident. I'm assertive, like, because I'm a yep. defender, I feel like I'm assertive. So he's like, give me seven words that represent you when you're, you're in your sweet spot. So then I go away and you think about those seven words. I'm like, yeah, okay, so I'm assertive. Yep, right. I'm playing in front of a man. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, we've just been, I've been bombarded. In, so interrupted by Zara here. I, I yes, promised so. Zara I'd kick the footy with her. We'll, we'll, you went off horse riding. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You've upset your number one fan. I know, I know. God. But so you seven, you seven, seven words. You know, and you just think about right, that I'm assertive and all these words would, and they should stimulate you to get excited and that's, then you visualize it and that plays a big part and you could do that with writing. It's like, okay, so. I think a lot of listeners could take that. You know, you think about, okay, so what is your best, what's your best, when you've had your best runs or you ride your horse, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And you're like, yeah, I'm fast here, clear with my, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you put it together and you're like, okay, so you need to think that when you walk in there. Don't be thinking negative thoughts because what happens in your mind, just <clears throat> if you're subconscious, if your conscious mind is thinking, I'm going to miss this kick, subconsciously it happens because what happens, it goes, oh, yeah, captain, I'll follow you. Yeah. Subconsciously, when they they trigger off each other. So if I'm thinking, I'm going to miss this kick, I'm going to miss this kick, oh, what if I miss this next kick? And then it's like, he just says, oh, yeah, captain, and then you miss the next kick. So if you walk into that camp going, oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get beat. Oh, I'm going to get beat. I saw oh. the last 10 guys get yeah. beat. Just, you and I've been guilty it. of that. Hundred percent. I hate it when there's a run of bad cattle. That's right. But it's like I've said to you, and it's not walking in there like cocky. But you've got to be confident. You've got to back. You're going to be like, and you need to do the work during the week to walk in there confident as well. You know, like you've, like I said, the repetition stuff. It's hard to walk in confident when you haven't been riding your horses. But you need to be like thinking positive when you get in there because positive things flow from that. Yeah. That's why, like, people don't always think about mental side of things. Yeah. Like, and you know, we've spoken about it this week with some Pete Kaminsky stuff mm-hmm. you know about his mindset yeah. how he goes into a final like that's not he's thinking that yeah stuff. it's not an accident that's exactly right and you've got to you know the, the people that are the best at their professions that they think like that yeah I know I've had this with breaking in horses like starting horses and I actually tell a story about Warwick Schiller messing with my head because I I, I didn't I'm not educated to it but it's just how my mind sort of works and so when I'm getting on an unbroke horse or whatever I've done my groundwork I, I know what I've done is right otherwise I wouldn't be hopping on him so I've got real clear focus about getting on, doing this, dirt, 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 and, and away. I don't think about the alternative of things going bad. And I went to an expo in uh, New Zealand and Warwick was doing this mindfulness talk with with another lady. And um, and I thought oh, I might, you know, because I want to learn a little bit more about this sort of stuff, is I'll go over there and and um, and sit in on it. And they were talking about the ne- that stuff that you were talking about, the negative stuff of being going, well, you know, these people you're thinking of, well, this horse might buck me off. I'll just get on him. How is he going to go? And he could throw me off or he could 
could do this or he could do that. And she was sort of saying, this coach was sort of saying, don't don't focus on that. You know, if I told you not to focus on that blue tree, say don't think about blue trees. Like, well, what do you think? We think so she's like, well, think about maybe there's a yellow lemon in the blue tree, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's a mess with my head and I've got to get on this breaker that I'm only got three or two days on at this expo and it was a little bit touchy. And so now I've got Warwick stuff going in my head going, oh, I'm probably a bit underdone because I haven't had the time that I usually would. And the arena was now, the fence all of a sudden looked a little bit smaller. It's like it should Self, be. Self-doubt's yeah, creeping I, in. it's creeping in. I never had it before. And I, and there was this gate, like there's, it was an in, indoor, it was a round pen inside an indoor. And there was this door that was open for the indoor that people were walking in and out of. And so I get, I'm about to get on this horse and I, I visualize that he might throw me off, jump this panel, run out that door and squash some people. So I'm like, can you guys just close that door up a little bit before? And I'm doing all this stuff and it's like, it is throwing me back. And I've got a, like probably, I don't know, a few hundred people watching. So luckily when I get on this horse and if the thing does jack up just for a second, my mind clicks back into, you know what you're doing and it all goes well. Structure, process. Well, as soon as I go back, I finish this demo, I like, I'm looking for Warwick Schiller. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't say what I told him, but I did swear at him and, and told him off about it. But then he did say, well, that's why you're a bit different in that fact is that that's what most people are doing all the time. Yes, it hasn't been brought to my attention, but that my mind just didn't go there because I always just looked at I'm real simple minded anyway. So I can't think about all that other stuff because I'll forget the main stuff that I'm supposed to remember. So I've just got to focus on that part. Structure, process. That's, that's Maybe I yeah. should be one of these sports psychology coaches. But you're right. That's what so many people go in thinking about that. You don't have time. can't think about the role you want to play if you're focusing on self-doubt. Like it's just clouds your mind. It doesn't matter what you do. You know what I mean? You can't. You're just focusing on mistakes the whole time. How can you can? How can you perform at the same time? So maybe you should play this podcast back because you have mentioned that you are getting a little bit nervous about your camp drafting. I know, but that, do you know what's funny? As you were telling that, I was like, I was just sitting here and I was about to say, I actually need to say that I said to you, going into, I plan a hundred thousand on the MCG. Yeah, no worries. Going into a camp draft, ten people there, I'm bullets, like getting nervous. But I think it's a little bit as well because you know, in Victoria, people know who I am from football, and it's like, oh, I'm with this bloke trying to take up this, you know, and because I always want to be so good at something. Well, that was my next question. You couldn't have segued into it any better. I reckon we're just like brothers from a different mother because <laughs> – because this is exactly what I was going to ask you. Is like, is this a blessing or a curse? The fact that you've you've come from you know being a gun in the AFL and people know you, especially that you camp draft in Victoria, so you couldn't get any more under a spotlight. So everyone would have known straight away that, that yeah. when you turned up to a camp draft, who you are and 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 what you do is is it a blessing or a curse? In the fact that the blessing side of things, people are probably more apt to maybe help you and and you know guide you and want to be a part of you and your success. And and you know I know you've made a lot of great friends and and you. You've got the Parkers that have brought you up here, and I know there's been so many others that that are you know genuine friends. I'm not saying that they mm. don't want to be friends with you; they're genuine friends. But it was a part of their introduction that was you're also Josh Gibson. Mm. Versus if you just snuck in, no one knew you, and you're just struggling in the background, but learning your craft of camp drafting. Which one do you think you could, if you could choose? Because you can't choose. Well, which one do you reckon? We, we joked at the start. We said at the start, I'd maybe go and do New South Wales camp drafts, and no one knew who I was. That was we were like maybe I should start out doing drafts, not in Victoria. Yeah, even so, go to Queensland, it'd yeah, be worse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like just do drafts people don't know. But then it's like people aren't, it's not in a bad way, you know, like it's just like, oh, he's a footballer. So there's one, even as nervous as I get, one I really draw myself back to and be like, I actually don't expect you to be any good. They're talking about you because you're a footballer. You know, like they don't, they're not critiquing your horse stuff really. It's yeah. just like that. You know, that guy played AFL. It's, it's cool he's running horses now. Mm. But they're not like, so that's what I need to keep telling myself. There's a bit of white noise in the background, that's but you right. can't. 
I'll focus That's on That's right. It. It's, and it's and it was hard at the start, but yeah, people obviously want to help you. Some people want to help me more because I played footy. Maybe, I don't know. But um, yeah, I just tell myself that they're not expecting anything of you. They enjoy it, but it's hard. It's even like the first time I walked in the, I walked into your in here, I was so nervous to be on my horse. It's like, oh, what's he going to think? Blah, blah, blah. And now it's sweet. And I talked about it in a podcast a few episodes ago that I've went to uh, Todd Graham and, and got a lesson there and it, and it feels the same for us. I mean, you know, uh, you go in front of other people and, and you, you're not yourself all of a sudden, but at the same time, what we talked about before, which was the psychology side of things about being able to block that out and go, well, that's white noise and I know how to write. Well, this is the level that I write at. Like, well, I'm not judging you when you come in there. Yes. Todd Graham wasn't judging me when I went in there. He's just looking at me going, well, this is what I can do to help you. Like, it's just, yeah. it's more so, it's real black and white, no emotion, just like horse training. As much as we want to make it emotional, it's not emotional and, and just the same way as coming in here and, and having a lesson, it's not emotional. It's just yeah. like all I'm, I'm paid to do is to figure out ways to help you. I think for me though, is because you know you talk about the 3,000 repetition is because I'm used to doing, being meticulous and 3,000 repetition like things my sport and I haven't had the chance to do that in this game yet because I don't know, I don't know all the tools that I need to be doing 3,000 times. Yeah. So that's I think what, you know, like I'm walking in here going, okay, I'm going in here with some, like if I walked into football, I'm like, okay, I'm going in here with someone that's a pro, but I'm a pro and I know I've done, he's done the work, but I know I've done the work. Yeah, and sure. I'm, not, I'm, I'm skilled up. I'm walking here going, okay, I'm in his domain. He's done the work. I don't, I haven't done the work because I don't know the work yet. So I know I'm behind. Yeah. And as you go into with those other horse guys, you can break it down and be like, hang on, calm your head here, Dan. You know, like I've put in the hours. Now you can say to yourself, I've done the work. I'm okay. But I can't say that right yet about horses. Yeah, I get that. But then on the, on the flip side, the person that you're actually going to get a lesson from or learn from or whatever understands that too. I, I know yeah. how much, you know, you know yeah, roughly true. how much you've ridden and, yeah, and yeah, the rest yeah. of it. And, and, and I still have zero expectation. Like I'm just looking at what's presented in front of me and I'm, and I've done it with all the guys that you you know you all, all the parkers and everybody who's come up. But if I just even walk past and just see something a little bit you know minor, and we had that little joke when I, we were driving home and there was that girl in the paddock, and I was yeah. like, "She's a little bit more inside leg." Like I'm driving past at <laughs> ninety kilometers an hour, and she's with a horse I'm in the paddock. How would you even see her inside leg? <laughs> and, and it's just like you just it's the, something the obvious stands out or whatever. And if it's something simple, particularly like that little inside leg, or straighten them up and do this or do that, that's just what we're you know I guess trained to do and paid to do and and visualize and and be able to help, which is really what, what I've enjoyed this whole week um, yeah. is, is teaching. Without pumping you up too much, you know. I oh, no, no, you can yeah, as much as you want. Hopefully the other guys listen back to this. But obviously, you know, like I've spent a lot of time in in elite sporting organisations that, you know, I'm a premier sport in Australia. So I've, I've dealt with a lot of like coaches and motivational speakers and I've seen people and to deliver messages. And like I've said to you, the way that you deliver messages, one, it makes, you know, like I might have walked in nervous, but the way that you delivered things, I got comfortable very quickly, which allowed me to learn faster. You know what I mean? Because there was no more self-doubt. I could focus on what I was doing. So the way that you deliver things also makes it easier for someone who's learning. So that's a good skill you've got, you know, like your ability to tell a story. And that was like Clark, I would always say to us, leisure group, boys, you've got to tell the younger guys stories because when you tell them stories, you can put footy things in there and they can relate to it. Yeah. And like you, when you're telling, you know, like I could sit here, I could wind off all your stories, you know, when it's corridor, it's this, it's going through the doors, it's two plus two, but you tell them in a story and then it sticks in your head and then it's like easy then to action it. Well, I certainly, yeah. I certainly appreciate it. Going on to this, you've learnt now since you've been here that I'm, <laughs> I'm mad about footy. Yeah, 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 mad. You're more mad than I am. <laughs> did, you, did you have any, like you knew that I had something with footy before you came. Did you know how much into footy I was? No, I knew, that, I knew that you loved the Eagles. Um, I didn't realise how obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hearing you and your brother 
today. Like, oh, that was nothing. Uh, and that's what scares me. Is it you both? You were both <laughs> openly. You were both like, oh, this nothing. You know, like, and uh, and I was like half. I was half joking about oh, so people at home that the coach of West Coast. I used to play with him, and we're mates. And I was half joking, like, oh, you know, I just put you in a link with Simo, and I heard your brother, like, he was like his ears pricked up. He was, oh, like, yeah. he was like half thinking you can get me in a WhatsApp group. Oh with yeah, Simo. You know, <laughs> no, you, I, I did too. Like, yeah. yeah, this is a good idea. Tell <laughs> tell Adam Simpson that I can deliver some of these messages. Oh, for he's, him. A, he's, a, he's a good motivational speaker. Yeah, no, no, him, yeah, tell him right. get me down the club. I'll talk to the boys. I'll relate some story, and, and that's what we've been doing. I've been trying to relate some of my training analogies to football yeah. analogies. That's have you good. have you got any favourites that I've done with you? I know it's putting you on the spot, even if it's not a football one. What, what's your favourite analogy you've heard of mine so far? When you talk about anything, like or I love, I'm a big, I, I love, I love, love your whole doors thing for me. Doors when you're talking about doors and going through the door. Yeah, letting your horse make a mistake. Yeah, that's right. Because like you know, like you think back and you try to hide your horse's mistakes, you know, hug them, tied on the reins, blah blah blah. I don't want them to show that, but you're just like, no, 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 let them go. You know, let them know that door six is the winning door. But if they want to try one, two, four, and ten, let them go in them, show them that it's wrong. And I'm like, I love that because then all the time when you feel something that's wrong and you know it wasn't, that's like, mate, the wrong door. Yeah. But, but just accept it. Yeah. Don't try because so many times I think before I came here, it's like your horse does something wrong and then you're trying to correct there. That's happened, you know, and we talk about, I was saying, oh, no, you, you can't focus on the past. You can't fix that after it's just, you can't be fixing it the next thing, you know, they don't stop straight at the end and you're trying to straighten them up. That doesn't. Yeah, it's already happened. That's happened, you know, so that's, I love that. I, you know, I love the, uh, I love the, the mass equation ones. Oh yeah. yeah. You've got to be able to learn you know, two plus two before exactly. you can add another that's equation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, uh, what else you got the corridor? Because for me, what I've been tr- really trying to enjoy, that's probably why I wrote that question down is because I'm thinking like, oh, I've got to make it football so he can, you know, and, and I haven't, that I'm not rehearsing him. Uh, I'm making I think up I need the to, time. Maybe you need some more footy ones this well, week. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just about, you know, I've used some about being defender or whatever it might be and, and the rest of it, but I'll have to, I'll have to try a little bit harder and get them to resonate a little bit more. Moving on there's, from- There's some feedback for you, mate. You need to up your foot now, James. Footy analogies. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it hasn't resonated, but the other one's resonated, so that no, was good. Locked in. So then where do you see yourself in 10 years time? I mean, you've you've been in the city. You've to- told us in this last week, you've sold your city home. You're moving to the country. You're doing a whole life swap deal and, <laughs> and you know, you finish one career and it's, it's, it is, it's like you're starting a new life ultimately. I 100%. Mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a big deal, this transition and, and for the listeners, not understanding like Josh had a massive career in the fact that you finished you 33 33 yeah you know an AFL career at 33 is is about as late as you can go so he's had a really long successful career and now you're transitioning away from that city life into a country life I'm wondering where do you see yourself in 10 years what's what's your vision well you know we've got these this gym company and I I'm 36 now like I plan to have that sold by 40 get that to a stage where it's sold where it's like it's a serious payout um you know I might be years after and then yep. that's it now like i'll just be doing something for fun after that that's the level i plan to have it and when you say Based fun off, you mean in camp drafting yeah, well, time. i'll actually probably i'll still have to i'll still have to have another job because i've learned pretty quickly that <laughs> camp drafting you just spend money you're not going to make you know but no my, but don't remember that eight dollars that you want. yeah yeah eight dollars sixty that check's still there at home but no my plan like now is when i move here i'm going to go to the city a couple of days a week you know i've set it up so i work a lot from my laptop you know plan is i sell the first you know, I get on the phone a lot to sell the first 50 franchises, the owner of the company, like people buying franchises like to deal with you to start with. But yeah, after that, like I plan to be doing very little from the city and then doing something from fun from home and just riding horses. Yeah. And you're going to get a 
shocked too when you start building the place yeah. you've just bought, being <laughs> that you've come from inner city and you've just been maintaining a house. <laughs> That's right. See, so now oh. you've got like 100-odd acres yeah, to fence. Exactly and right. Put arenas on and you've been asking me a lot of questions about infrastructure while you've been here and it adds up really, really fast. I know. I'm, mate, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fully aware. It's going to take a lot of time, but that's exciting. I'm excited for that. Good hobby. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to ask any more serious questions. Okay. What, what we usually do when uh, Dan and myself and Kim Hagen get on the podcast is we start lightly and, and we start with some conversation starters, right? Just to see where you're at. Yep. So these are a couple that we've already answered for ourselves, but I'd like to see what you're going to come up with with some of these questions. So the first one, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? <laughs> Serious stuff right now. Almost. I've got these buttons here that can normally do sound effects. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a tick-tock, tick, tick-tock, tick-tock. I know your superpower because you've told me it. <laughs> <laughs> and the listeners know too and it is. Well, it is. Gonna, after our last conversation about building out this place, I was going to say my superpower would be to print money. But. Oh, yeah. That's, you can have that. No one's, no one's said that. Everyone went with like, you know, flying or stuff like that, which I've, I've learned today that you're not a fan of heights. <laughs> yeah, that's Like funny. myself, so I'm not, I'm not flying either. My superpower, it honestly, be to like to be able to just choose an age choose an age bracket and live at it forever it's just like okay i'm right. at 40 Freeze. i'm just up for, I'm living at 40 let's keep going Inf- infinity life infinity life at a set age at whatever i want and just play around with it oh so you can move it i can move i can tweak i can move ah oh. <laughs> i'm this weird age man maybe i'll say a set bracket that's a bit I'll, like i can choose an age go back to it and stay at that right so not time travel because that was that ended up being my second power is when i when i got Absolutely slaughtered for saying I wanted want to, to be, be a rapper. rapper. <laughs> Not even a rapper, the world's best the rapper. World's best and rapper. you you actually got that. I got it. Bit. I got it. They, they, we yeah. listen to similar music we at do. times. And you, there's you, a lot of similarities between Dan and It's scary. It like, is scary. We've both got one bug eye. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, there's, we're, we're both good at football. Same age. Yeah, same age. Both good at football. Yeah, both good at football and horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, yeah, so then my second one was, was I thought to myself, to be able to travel in time knowing that you know if you're about printing money well, but like, I just won the 80 million you know yeah, exactly. like I'm traveling I'm back but in like, time with the winning imagine numbers the, and, and I was joking about printing money for, for my arena but imagine you could print money to just like give to people that are doing it hard oh, and yeah. it's like, like okay sweet I'll fix that for you You just it's pretty good power I think and was, I'm not talking about it from hey so I can just go and buy up all of this area and, oh you, you would know. do that as well yeah no <laughs> but in moderation yes. but what I'm saying is like you can fix anything I agree well they did that I'm pretty sure it was it wasn't Drake. It might have been. It was another rapper. Oh, I don't think it was Drake, but it was it was another rapper over in the states, and they um they gave him a million dollars to film his uh, music video clip, and he cashed it all out. Got all his mates with handy cams and mobile phones, and he went to Compton and just gave it to people. Like he went to you know where low socioeconomic um you know places, yeah. and he went into the supermarket and he just started buying everybody's. And that's in the video clip. It's really cool. It's uh, I've got the, the I can see him in my head, but we'll I got lost time. his name and. I'll, I actually got to show you something else about Compton. Have you ever seen Compton Cowboys? No. Oh, you're going to love it. I'm going to love that. All right, there you go for listeners. We'll look that up. So so that one's the, the question. So the next one is three people living or dead that you could invite to a dinner party. Um, You'll have to listen back to our podcast too to hear our ones. Okay, so my favorite actor, like I just love this dude, Denzel Washington. He's coming to dinner. Yeah. He's coming. He's just like, I just, I don't know why, I just love the dude. Um, so we got one. I'm single. I'm single, so I need to get a female in there. So. <laughs> 
Say it again. Let her invite one, one hot female, one. Just anyone from the Victoria's Secret show. One of them can come. You know. Like, you want Miranda Kerr? I yeah. We'll, we'll take Miranda Kerr. Yeah, we won't be we won't be cheesy. She can come. <laughs> like, you know, like um, and then and she's Australian. She's Australian. Yep. That works. One more person I can meet. You don't want to have another single guy in the in the list. <laughs> that's that's maybe got like <laughs> looking better than you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the worst party yeah. ever. You're gonna be like, Just be why? Yeah, <laughs> and he's like talking. He's like, these two are really getting along. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, perfect matchmaker. Yeah, how did you know that? <laughs> um, one person. Well, I feel like it's it's gonna be a, it's it's a di- is it dinner? Yep, it's dinner party. Okay, so I'm gonna invite Gordon Ramsay because he's gonna cook for us. <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna lose his shit at the same time. <laughs> and he's not. You got no threat. You got no, no threat. He's not. He's not going after Miranda. Nah, nah there's no he's, threat. I there. just. I would actually seriously. I'd love to be in a room to see if that guy's really like that. So yeah, yeah I, I often he's think the same. He's just like yeah. I'm like he, he's a fire. Cracker. Firecracker, but he can cook for us and he can be entertainment. So I like how you invite somebody to cook the dinner. Yeah, cook so the he dinner. turns up, he's like, Oh, thanks, Josh, for inviting me. Sweet kitchen's he's, that way. And you're, <laughs> you're like, Yeah, I've got all got some groceries. And there uh, is that, there is your there's your tools. Fully stocked kitchen. Miranda and I will be out here. And Denzel's <laughs> gonna go Denzel's gonna show us some of you his should, best roles. You should have picked you should have did the same. I know you want Denzel there, but you should have probably had some musician that could have been serenading so, you yeah. too. I could have had like a you know, a comedian or something. Yeah, well, that's what if you go back to our ones, we had Dave a heap Ch- of comedians. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. I was, I was thinking about throwing him in there. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah. He's, yeah. I, I had, I think, uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I had, um, Jerry Seinfeld and I had I probably I didn't put a rapper in there I don't think but I had one other on there I can't think at the moment alright so that's that one the last one if you could be an Olympic athlete what would you Squash. be and why <laughs> <laughs> yeah I shouldn't have even thought of that <laughs> so you're gone that's, that's what you choose no, no, no. I think we're locked I don't even in. think that's an Olympic sport <laughs> I'm pretty, it is an Olympic I know it sport is. I'm just taking the piss out of this okay if I could be an Olympic athlete don't say BMX rider <laughs> Synchronized swimming? No, <laughs> um, no, it would see it'd be a hundred meter sprinter. Oh, pick the same thing, like brothers uh, again. <laughs> I pick the same thing because I was just like, you know, it's it's the you're on the big stage, big stage, big stage. I'll say, best thing I've done is that you know, my mum had a pretty good city job, and so we got to get a lot of tickets to the Olympics 2000. And my dad works on oil rigs, so he was overseas, so I had to be mum's date. And you know, like I was 16, and um, we were like prime time. You went with Multiplex, who built, that. yeah, yeah. So I got to go the night of um, Kathy Freeman 400 yeah. and Tatiana Gorieva won the um, pole vaulting silver. You know the Aussie girl, mm-hmm. it's Aussie, and um, and then we got to see Maurice Green in the hundred meters, and it was just like electrifying. And I was like, oh, give me that. Yeah, because I've yeah. never been. I actually haven't seen anything in the Olympics. Never been to any live sports there. But you look at that unbelievable, the <laughs> unbelievable athletics atmosphere like that. Yeah, you know, I used to think about because we were right on the finishing line, and you think about when Kathy took off. You go back and watch vision of the crowd and the, the cameras going off just yeah. unbelievable and with the build up with how and the pressure on her get the job done that was pretty special so we need to be out there mate in a hundred just yeah and I said I mean it doesn't say in this question whether you're going to be the best or not because that was the other thing the boys were having a go I was like well I'm just there I don't I'm care. there <laughs> I'm good enough to be there yeah I'm in the final I'm of in, the hundred yeah yeah. yeah no Kim the other Kim reckons I was going out in the first heat but it no, doesn't matter I'm still there you're there mate yeah I appreciate it Gibbo well, <laughs> well thanks to coming on to the podcast and being a 
our first ever, I guess, interviewer. Yeah, no, it's good, mate. You've probably lost some listeners now. <laughs> AFL, what are you? What are you doing, Spearsy? <laughs> it, 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 it'll be interesting because we'll. Um, you can see the stats on it, and it, it's either going to go one way or the other. It's gone high north. We're going to get all these new listeners, or like you said, we what might will go happen the other way is the listeners that listen to it, they will be better drafters because we've helped them with their mindset, what? whatever they are, whatever their sporting is. Yeah. They're going to be like, we're in the zone, we're in the suit, we're sweet spot. They're going to have those seven words. The seven words, I and think, is mate, key here. And they'll be like, that's when you're in that sweet spot. And I'll be like, got it. I got that from Gibbo. Well, thank got you. Got it from Steezy. <laughs> thank you, Gibbo, for coming on. We uh, appreciate having you here and happy writing for the following week since you can't go home to COVID. <laughs> I've got him stuck here for another week, folks. So we're going to do a little bit more um, training this week. He'll be doing a lot of work, a lot of work. Uh, and uh, and enjoying it while you're here. So I, did, I did offer. I was trying to get a, a job here. No, yeah, he didn't, he didn't want me to work here. Well, no, that's not true, folks. We did have him on here. He just wants to be overpaid and under. I, I, and said, under, I said forty bucks a week, and he wasn't happy with it. He's and he wants to be overpaid and underworked. And I said, if you're in the horse game, it, it's the other way around. You get overworked and underpaid. So Coming from the bloke yesterday, I said, "Are oh, you gonna? <laughs> we're going to have to ride horses. Are you going to ride one?" He goes, "Oh no, the girls aren't here to put the saddles on." So <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> that's a, Quote so, unquote. It, it's pretty. It's pretty true. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know how to get the horses to that point. No, I've done. My, I've done my work with and your apprenticeship. Done my right. apprenticeship. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Thanks buddy. You, mate. See ya. Bye. If you like my daddy's podcast, please write review and subscribe. My daddy podcasted all ten. Don't forget to share on your social. What does social mean? <laughs> share this podcast with your friends.